All right, so our guest this week is someone who you would know from a ton of film and television. You'd know him from shows like 30 Rocks, A Burgatory, most notably from Saturday Night Live. But he can currently be heard as the voice of Cyril Figgis on the hit TV show Archer, currently in its sixth season. Uh, please welcome to the show cast, Mr. Chris Parnell. Chris, how you doing tonight? I am doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing really good. We're really excited to talk to you. I know we've been anticipating this this ever since we found out that we were getting you on the podcast. So well, that's awfully nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I know you. Were, we were talking to you off air a little bit. You're out in LA right now. I am in LA. Yeah. How's the weather out there right now? It's pretty swell. It's pretty swell. It's uh, I don't know. It's, I guess it's in like the mid seventies. It's a bit overcast, but but sunny overall. You know, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty great lately. Yeah, that's well, you, you grew up in, in Tennessee, though, right? I did, yeah. I grew up in in Memphis, Tennessee. So yeah, I got. I'm kind of curious, and I've never thought to ask this to anybody we've talked about in LA before. But do you get kind of lost in the calendar then, being out in LA? Because I mean, over here, you know, we're Philadelphia based. You have the seasons to kind of remind you that it's March or November or something. Out there, do you do you kind of get lost because the seasons all blend together? I mean, not lost. I mean, you know, it's just sort of the thing of. As you get older, time seems to pass more quickly. So it's just that cliched thing of, oh, I can't believe it's March already, you know. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, we're always looking at our calendars and our iPhones and all that. So we keep a pretty good, pretty good eye on what season we're in and what month we're in. That's really important to us. And didn't you just have, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did you have a, a son not terribly long ago? I did. Uh, we had a son last uh, February before last, so he just turned. He just turned one. Oh, well, congratulations! I uh, I joined the New Fathers Club about three months ago, so oh, I'm a little wow. bit behind you, but I, I know the struggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, it's that's a that's a rough that's a rough time. I know. <laughs> it's a good time though. It's a good kind it, of rough. It is. It is. <laughs> Um, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, you, right now you're currently on uh, Archer, which is on FX, like I said, in its sixth season. I know Adam and I are both huge fans uh, of the show. I uh, I, re- I got into it relatively late. And when I say relatively late, I mean last year. I binge-watched <laughs> the last five seasons uh, into the sixth one in about two weeks' time. Uh, because uh, Well, because I watched it and I got absolutely hooked on it, so now I'm 100% caught up. Uh, but for anybody who doesn't watch the show or, or hasn't watched the show yet, because we're definitely, we definitely encourage people to do it. Tell everybody a little bit about your character, Cyril. Um, my character is Cyril Figgis, and he, uh, he started out as the comptroller of the ISIS spy agency. No relation to the real <laughs> terrorist group. Um, yeah, we were a spy agency for the first four seasons. Um, fairly inept. Uh, but it, it's basically an adult animated sort of spy comedy. It, it's a little James Bond, but sort of with a with a bit of a Mad Men look to it. Um, and in season five, we became drug dealers. We did a season, it was called Archer Vice. And then this season, season six, we're back to being spies, but we're not our own spy organization per se. We basically do we get contracted to do stuff by the CIA. Okay. Um, and, my, and my character has been an agent. He's been a, a financial guy. And Archer by season, I was kind of the lawyer of the group because I am a, I am a, I am a lawyer as well. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, he can do different things. And a sex addict. 
Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On some level. Certainly a masturbation at it. <laughs> uh, I know earlier this year we actually had a chance to speak with both Lucky Yates uh, and Amber Nash, who are fellow cast members with you on Archer. Uh, they record out here on the East Coast down in Georgia, and uh, I'm assuming you would record out there in L.A., correct? I do, yeah, most of the time. I mean, I, I recorded once in New York while I was there, and I recorded in Memphis a couple of times when I was home seeing my family. Well, I guess but that... Yeah, generally in L.A. Yeah, I guess that's the ease of voiceover work, is that you can generally do it anywhere there's a studio. It's it's pretty awesome, and, and truth be told, if you have the right... Uh, equipment, you can really do it anywhere there's a decent phone line, or, or I guess that you, the main thing is that you have decent bandwidth, you know, uh, like a good internet connection. You can, you can do like, you know, broadcast quality recordings and things. I haven't done that, but if you have the right setup, yeah, you can do it kind of anywhere. Yeah. So I, I guess it's safe bet to say that you enjoy voiceover work? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's, it's uh, it's what my dad does for a living. My dad was a was a disc jockey in Memphis, and then uh, went into having his own recording studio and producing and recording voiceovers and things like that. And that's that's still what he does. He's still a voiceover guy in uh, in Memphis. Okay. So I kind of followed in his footsteps that way. Because you've done some other voiceover work too. I think you did uh, Rick and Morty as well. Yeah, we've done we've recorded two seasons. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure when season two is, is going to start airing, but I'm anxious to, to see what those look like, and then hopefully soon we'll start recording season three. But yeah, I feel pretty lucky to do Archer and Rick and Morty, because they're both really awesome shows, really well-written, you know. Do you do, you do the voice uh, for Progressive, too? Is that you in the commercials? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, that sounds exactly like it, but I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. uh, the progressive box. The box, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, being, uh, you mentioned season five with Vice and it was completely different, um, as we've mentioned on past podcasts from other seasons of Archer, uh, being that you were briefly the president of San Marcos, was that safe to say that was your favorite season then? <laughs> um, no, I can't say it was my favorite season. I, I mean, that, that was fun to, to, you know, to do that for a moment. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I like, I gotta say, I, I, I like it now that we're back kind of into the, into the spy world, although Adam just told uh, Aisha and me the other night at dinner, he and he and Matt Thompson were in town, told, gave us some some sort of some spoilers about season seven, which I can't pass along, but it's going to be a, <laughs> another shift of sort of our modus operandi. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking it's the complete opposite of San Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Um, I, I read something online, and I'm curious about this because you know you can't always trust uh, everything that you read online. Were you were you a teacher before you started performing? Um, well, I mean, yes, I taught high school for a year. I had gone off to drama school, um, to North Carolina School of the Arts, and I'd done a year of theater down at the at the Alley Theater in Houston, which is a pretty big regional theater down there. And I was in their, you know, like their apprentice company. Um, and then, and, and after that, I, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't quite ready to make the big jump to New York or LA or whatever. And I was a little, a little lost and disenchanted with the, with the theater world. And, uh, so yeah, my, my former high school drama teacher and, and, and mentor and still a good friend of mine, uh, Frank Bluestein, he said, you know, you want to come back and try teaching for a year? I was like, sure. <laughs> so I went back and taught 
like introduction to acting, introduction to film and video, these classes that I'd taken myself um, while I was at Germantown High School, which is a, Germantown's a suburb of Memphis. Um, so yeah, I did it for a year, but I was I was not really cut out for it. Was it uh, was it like your character in Twenty One Jump Street? <laughs> I, I, I hope not. I hope. <laughs> he, he was he was a lot more comfortable with what he was doing than than I was. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was okay, but I was like twenty five. I was like so young and not ready to be a you know an authority figure. And now yeah. once the bell rang and I was doing doing like theater stuff with the the kids in the theater department. We also had this amazing television studio. So when I was working with those kids, like after hours, that was great. Cause they were, they were like what I did when I was there and they were all really devoted to it. But the regular teaching is, I found, I found pretty tough. <laughs> um, I know as far as your comedy background goes, you got your start with the groundlings, mm-hmm. uh, which produced, which has produced, uh, so many different people who are notable as far as talents today. Uh, you know, a bunch of people from SNL, uh, you know, Chris Kattan, Jan Hooks, uh, Pee Wee Herman got his start with the Groundlings and the Pee Wee Herman show. Phil Hartman. And so, yeah, Phil Hartman, uh, and I know there's, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, uh, you know, Will Forte, Will Ferrell. You know, there's so many people that come out of it. Uh, when you look back at that, are there any people, um, that you got to work with that you, that you really enjoyed working with and haven't had an opportunity since and would love to work with again? Yeah, I mean, there's so many people. I mean, I, I have to say, I, I, we did a 40th anniversary Groundlings uh, show or a series of shows, and and I participated in the show that sort of covered the decade that that, that I was there. And so I got to I got to be on stage with some of those folks again, and actually do scenes with a few of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there's so many. A bunch of us are getting together for for lunch on Friday. Um, yeah, there are a lot of them that I, you know, I love. Very talented men and women who, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't give up hope that we won't ever be able to work together again. You know, because if, you know, it's like a lot of them work. You know, so. Yeah. Was there was there anybody that uh, was just your absolute favorite to work with while you were with the ground, Groundlings? Gosh, oh, it'd be hard to pick out one. I mean, it's I, kind of like picking I, a favorite child. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I loved working with Anna when she was there, you know, and then happily got to work with her again on SNL and in Suburgatory, but, uh, the guy Brian Palermo, Mike LaPreet, Roy Jenkins, um, a lot of, a lot of really talented people, um, that I had fun with. Jim Wise, Scott Wainio. I didn't, I didn't realize either, and I'm assuming it's probably before your time with the Groundlings too, but Pat Morita was a Groundling? Yeah, 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 way, way before my time, definitely, but, but yeah, apparently. Yeah, that, that just blows my mind, cause I, I can't see him. I mean, I guess I've seen some of the roles he's done, like Happy Days and things, oh, excuse me, things like that. So I guess he's got the comedic background, but I just, I don't know, it's just weird for me to think of him in a position like that. I know, I know, it's strange. Well, one of the, one of the, one of the cool things, another groundling alumni, alumna, um, Julia Sweeney and I actually got to sit next to her at the, the SNL 40th and I, I think we had met in passing before, but that was the first time we kind of got to, to chat. So that was pretty cool. She's an awesome, wildly talented lady. <laughs> well, we had, uh, throughout this interview, obviously already, we've mentioned your, your stint on SNL about eight years. Um, my biggest question to you about SNL has to be, where the hell did you learn to rap, man? Because <laughs> Lazy Sunday 1 and 2 are, are probably uh, two of the most popular digital shorts that SNL's ever put out. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I felt uh, pretty pretty darn lucky to to get to be a part of that with with those guys. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know. Just, I mean, it's just something. I mean, we did. I I guess I did some rap sort of improv things at the Groundlings, you know. But uh, you know, the the truth is, I have to confess, I'm not like a huge rap fan, you know. I mean, I I certainly enjoyed some rap. I you know, I like the Beastie Boys a lot and. Um, but it, you know, I, I think it, as long as you have some sense of rhythm and musicality and, and if you can articulate words well, if you can speak well, I don't know. I, I, it just sort of came naturally, I guess. But you know, it's also, it's for comedy. It's like I, I'm, right. I'm a good enough singer for comedy, but I'm not gonna, you know, I don't plan to go on Broadway or go on tour performing with my vocal <laughs> abilities, you know. Yeah, I mean, and another one of the, more popular digital shorts with rap in it. You didn't rap yourself in it, but the Natalie Portman rap one was fantastic where you're basically interviewing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was just going off on a tangent. That, yeah, that, that was another one I, I felt lucky to be in. And, and, I mean, go ahead, Ben. I was going to say, I think Lazy Sunday, too, was pretty groundbreaking for SNL because wasn't that the first digital short that they had aired? I think technically, the, I think uh, they, they had done one, the guys had done one with Will Forte, uh, eating lettuce on the stoop of, it may have been Andy's apartment at the time in, in, in the village. Um, I think that was the first one. And lazy, I don't know if lazy Sunday was the second, uh, or third, but it was, it was the one that, yeah, I mean, kind of blew up as they yeah. say, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Put digital shorts on the map, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you're, I think you're on SNL for what, 98 to 06 roughly, which is, you know, the prime years of my uh, teenage childhood, as it were. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I mean, you, you obviously were on SNL for basically my favorite and arguably one of the most successful casts that there have been uh, on the show. I mean, obviously coming from a long line of successful cast members, but um, anyone on SNL clearly is, gonna, is, is talented just to be on it. But, you know, do you guys um, – did you know back then just how talented and big the names would be that would come out of that cast? Well, I mean, I was I was in the Groundlings, you know, doing shows when Catan and, and Sherry O'Terry and Will Ferrell uh, and then Anna Gasteyer got on. And so, you know, we... We saw, oh wow, and we knew people in the past had gotten onto SNL, but it had been a while, you know, it was kind right. of a break. So, uh, in time. And so seeing them get on, it was like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. And, you know, we knew this could be a possibility for us. I didn't actually think it was going to happen. Uh, happily it did. And then, so shortly after I got on, I mean, Will and Catan had, you know, the Roxbury movie and, and then Molly had Superstar and, you know, I mean, they were, it was pretty clear that they were amazingly talented, you know, and, and so it, it wasn't that big of a surprise. One one big surprise to me was I was actually, I was roommates for summer with Kristen Wiig, just completely platonically, and uh, and I, she was just like taking classes at the Groundlings at the time, but we, we got along great. She was really funny and all that, but I had no idea what, you know, how incredibly talented she was until she got on SNL, so that was I was like, wow. You, know? <laughs> uh, you you had mentioned a little bit earlier on too that how you you were sitting at the in the audience for the 40th anniversary episode that aired not too long ago. Um, and one of the things I've been a big fan of Saturday Night Live for a very very long time. Um, you know, I, I've even watching through all the years that you were on it, in, including previous years. I'm a little bit older than Adam, so 
Uh, but you know, and not to show my age, but one of the things I loved, uh, about the 40th anniversary show was they did this, this segment where they showed the audition tapes of some of the cast members. Yeah, and yeah. and some of the cast and some of the people who auditioned who didn't even make it, who surprisingly, you know, are still still made a career for themselves, like Kevin Hart and and Jim Carrey and such. Right. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what was your audition like when you auditioned for Saturday Night Live? Um, I I did. Uh, you're supposed to do three characters and three impressions, and I didn't really have any impressions except Tom Brokaw that I had just sort of by chance realized that, you know, our, our voice was kind of in a similar range and I could, you know, I could kind of do that without too much effort. Um, and then I sort of, I did this MTV VJ at the time, this guy, Jesse Camp. Um, it was not a good impression. It's <laughs> um, further evidenced by the fact that Jimmy ended up playing him in a, in a, in a couple of sketches later on that first season. But uh, I did that and then I did some... Uh, pieces that I'd done at the Groundlings, basically I'd taken monologues that I'd done at the Groundlings and then just cut them down. I did this sort of perverse preacher character, this lounge singer. Um, I did this kid who, uh, not a kid, like a young man who was auditioning for the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, and he had written his own scene based on the Babar children's book series where he was playing Zephyr, the monkey, and it was sort of a very Shakespearean scene where he gets killed by the bar and um <laughs> and then i did a dance piece from a dance to the theme from mortal Kombat. <laughs> i'd like to see a tape of that <laughs> it, yeah it's entertaining but you know it was, it, it was the great thing about that snl audition was you do it on home base and you know lauren and the you know, other people are kind of out there in the house watching, but you can't really see them, and you're just playing it all into this camera. And it, I found it really helpful, uh, an easier kind of audition, because you're kind of just doing like a little one-man show, you know. You've got a few minutes up there to show them what you got. And as opposed to like some uh, sitcom auditions and things that, that I had done at the time where, you know, you go into an office and you're sitting like three feet away from the person you're reading for. And, uh, it just, you know, just being on stage, having, you know, had a bit of a theater background that, that, uh, that felt good. And happily it went well and I didn't screw it up. So. Yeah. Uh, was, um, one of my favorite characters that you did, I'm curious if it was a groundling character or if it's something that you developed on SNL, uh, was Merv the perv? An SNL character? Yeah, yeah, he was he was an SNL character, and the the name came from Will Ferrell because I was, <laughs> I just I, I guess I broke into some creepy version of of that guy at a Christmas party and <laughs> was going around to people doing that, and and Will was like, hey, it's Merv the Bird. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should maybe do this as a as a thing on SNL. <laughs> I know you're you're. Oh, go ahead, Adam. No, I was just going to say, going back to the uh, 40th anniversary quick, um, you made it into, uh, speaking of digital shorts, you made it into the That's When You Break short, right? Were, were you supposed to be like God, I guess? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> if, 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 I, if I was God, they didn't tell me. But um, <laughs> no, I was, I, was very, I was really happy to get to, you know, even I, I was happy that I was in a few clips that they showed, but also I was happy to like be able to contribute something new to, the, to that live show, even though it was a pre-tape piece. Yeah, that was awesome. I was, I was very happy. I, I'd Again, the guys asked be, me to do that. You know? I'd still say that would be God. I mean, it, seriously, it looks like the whole thing's recorded in heaven. So 
Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe That's what I'm right. going. So, <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> Uh, something I just thought about too, uh, as we were interviewing, and you had mentioned uh, a couple of things earlier on, uh, like Superstar and uh, Night at the Roxbury. There's been quite a few movies that have come out of SNL characters, uh, and you've been in quite a few of them. I know one of them that I I think is very underrated. I absolutely love is the Ladies Man. Uh, that is probably one of my favorite Saturday Night Live movies. Such a good movie. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Yeah, and, and that's, that's such an awesome character. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, it was one of the first things I sort of did, and I, I had a lot more freedom. Tim was giving me a lot more freedom to improvise and do stuff, but I kind of came a little unprepared, and, you know, I, I, I didn't make as much of that as I could have. But, yeah, I was, and I was, I was just bummed for him and the guys that wrote it that it didn't, you know, make, make more of a splash. But, but no, I, I, I love that movie. Yeah. Are there... It's such a quotable movie, too, with all the lines in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are there any other characters that, you know, throughout your run on SNL or even now, uh, I don't know if you still watch it. I, I'm sure you're busy with Archer and such. So I don't know if you still get a chance to, to check out the current cast, but, uh, any characters that you worked with or that you saw done when you were a current cast member or since then that you feel might have merited their own movie that never happened? Um, um, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, there probably are. I mean, uh, but it's 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 a tough thing unless you have that but you know the idea to really unless you have the good idea to expand that sketch into a whole you know hour and a half long movie it's hard to say you know um i would have loved to have done a, a demarco brothers movie with Chris <laughs> but i don't i don't know that that would have been a great movie you know um uh but uh yeah i don't know um it's it's hard to say i mean a lot of the a lot of the characters Kristen did, certainly, you know, it could probably have been made into a movie. Yeah, I don't know if you, uh, if your cast's ever mount, uh, cause I don't know how long he's been on the show, but Bill Hader, uh, oh, yeah. has the character Stefan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think if there was any that I would like to see, I mean, I, I don't know, cause I think the whole story behind that with the changing of the cue card to make him break right. on screen is, is probably what makes that character so great. So I don't know if that's something that would adapt that well into a film. Right. If they were to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the character's genius. I mean, it's, I love the way they write it. I mean, I was talking to Bill about it when we were doing a little, the digital short for the 40th show, and it's just like, it's so hard for, for, it was so hard for them to write when they were doing it, because it's just like coming up with this right weird thing, the name of the club, and what's at the club, and all <laughs> this. It's just so impressive, and, you know, obviously he does it so well. Uh, I mean, it would be fun to see the, the movie of that, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of sketches live better as, as sketches, you know, as characters in these little, in these little chunks. Yeah. Uh, I, as I mentioned, you know, the groundlings and such like that, you're primarily known, uh, you're primarily known for comedic acting and your sketch work and things like that, but have you ever, uh, tried stand up before? Never. No? Never once. No, and, and have, I, I can't say I have zero desire, but uh, it's such a low, it's probably less than 1%, um, because it just, it's, it's scary to me and it's, it seems so rough and just brutal, especially when you're starting out. And obviously I would have some advantage because of, you know, of SNL, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, in some ways I wish I did stand up because it's, it's a great way, you know, to, it's it's a great gig, you know, especially post SNL, because that gives you 
enough cachet that I think from what I've heard, you know, you can, you can make a decent amount of money doing it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's very scary to me. I'm on your boat. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, um, I mean, we've mentioned all your past works, especially with other SNL cast members throughout the years, you know, other ones, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 30 Rock, uh, both Anchormans. Are you uh, working on any right now with some, or with any SNL cast members right now on some upcoming projects, uh, whether, it, you know, it be announced yet or not? Uh, yeah, I, 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 did a, I did about a week on this. Adam Sandler movie called Ridiculous Six, um, which is a comedy western that they're they're still shooting out in Santa Fe, and uh, I play a, a rather nasty bank manager. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was really fun. I'd never done a western before, and so to you know to get up in that garb, and we shot in this little uh, you know fake town where they they shoot a lot of westerns and things out in the desert and. Uh, it was pretty cool, and Adam, who I had never worked with before, except on the the, the video, sort of, right. for the 40th, is he's he's so nice and he's so encouraging and supportive, and then he also, you know, sort of he contributes, not surprisingly, to <laughs> to the whole thing in terms of like giving you ideas for way to play things and stuff, and it's uh, I love that. I mean, I get I, I feel like I'm I can always do such better work, you know, when I'm getting good stuff from, from the director. And Frank Caracci is the director who's awesome. Um, but then Adam also was, was feeding me stuff too, which I loved. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, Adam made this deal with Netflix, I think, for his next four movies are going to oh. go straight to Netflix. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that, and then, I don't know if I've done anything else with any, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, they're doing Hotel Transylvania too, and I'm doing just like a, <laughs> I think one line in that. <laughs> Uh, and but you know I'm, I'm doing a, a bunch of different little things, guest stars and things. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious because um, we've another uh, an FXX show, uh, the Man Seeking Woman just got renewed for season two, and and you know Lorne Michaels has a hand in that. Um, oh, I didn't like that. I, yeah, he uh, produces it, I believe. Um, oh, yeah, I, so I guess they haven't reached out to you at all yet <laughs> for because I know Bill Hader had a cameo in it and a couple other people. No, they haven't. They haven't reached out to me. All right, well, maybe maybe season two. Next time we, yeah. <laughs> next time we talk to somebody from the show, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to make sure they reach out to you. You do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know one of the final questions, because I know we're just about ready to wrap things up, but uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, when we talked to Lucky and, and Amber earlier on, one of the things that we had talked to them about was the conventions. Uh, yeah. uh, do you do the convention circuit at all? Um, just, just, just the Comic-Cons, you know, because um, FX, you know, sort of, you know, drives us or flies us to either New York or L.A. We just did New York for the first time last year, um, but we've been to every Comic-Con, I think, for the last years five years something okay um but yeah not not beyond that just just those okay but, yeah uh is that so I'm, I'm assuming is that something that you enjoy or is it just another promotion for the show um i, I enjoy it for the camaraderie of hanging out with my castmates because we we genuinely like each other and we have fun and we like to eat and drink <laughs> together and you know and all of that so that's that's really nice and since we don't record together we only see each other at like Comic Con or if we do an Archer live, which I don't know if we're ever even going to do any more of those. But um, 
so it's some kind of event like that, some sort of a press or publicity thing is when we get to hang out, and it's fun that way. I mean, it's it's. Have you have you, have you guys been to Comic Con? Uh, I, I I was yeah, Philly. Yeah. Well, I've been to Philly. Ben's been to a couple. I was in. Uh, I went to New York this past October. Yeah, I mean, what is, I mean, it's pretty. It's, I find it kind of overwhelming. I mean, it's, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I had asked because it's not for everybody. It's 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 a lot of big crowds. It's hard to move sometimes, and it's yeah. just. So I know it's not for everybody. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, there's some cool stuff there, but I, I, I walked out on the floor in New York for a little bit, and, and I, I went out on the floor again in, in San Diego this last year, just kind of looking for, you know, some, uh, graphic novel art or something that I might be interested in, but it's like, I don't, I don't need to do the floor again probably for a few days. <laughs> it's just too, too yeah, overwhelming. I mean, the, my favorite part about going last year, and last year was my first one, uh, was, you know, sitting in on some of the panels and stuff and seeing some of the people. And I mean, when you go, you are the people. So, I mean, there's not much, <laughs> not much, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, did you sit on an, in on any other panels besides obviously Archer when you were over there? Just, I did a Rick and Morty panel. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So did you sit in any, like as it, part of the crowd, like just kind of sneaking in there? I didn't. No, I mean there were there were definitely you know some some that I would have loved to have have seen uh, sat in on and watched, and, but it's just you know schedule wise it just never seemed to work. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Archer airs on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Uh, as of this Sunday, as of tonight, there are two episodes left, uh, and before the season six finale. And you guys are signed on for a season seven, so we're definitely looking forward to seeing where, like you said, where the season's going to go with this little bit of a shift. Yeah, we uh, do. Uh, do. Antarctica you, should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, you don't have a Twitter, do you, Chris? I do not. I do not have the Twitter or the Facebook. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, in that case, we're we're going to definitely encourage people to follow Archer's Twitter, which is at uh, ArcherFX. Uh, as well as you know, many other cast members uh, as, as well. But uh, Chris, uh, this this was a great time. We really enjoyed this. We were, like I said, we were really excited. So we're glad you were able to join us tonight. Well, thanks for asking, Ben and Adam. I, I appreciate it. It was fun talking to you guys. So we'll definitely encourage people to keep watching Archer. Uh, we look forward to seeing any projects that you you know you have coming up. Like you said, the um, the new Adam Sandler western that's going to be yeah. coming out soon too. So. Uh, but stick around, everybody. We'll be back in a few minutes with more of the showcast. <laughs> 